If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. And thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive, and I'm joined by someone who has said to me just off air that this is the best part of his whole week. Ricky, hello, Ricky, how are you, friend? Good evening. Doing well. Not sure how much of that was true, but... Yeah, the friend part, that was a lie. (laughs) Uh, I've got a couple of surprises for you this week. Yep. Right, first of all, uh, the quiz, in keeping with the spirits of last week, where you quizzed me on something I'm relatively experienced and knowledgeable about. Oh, no. I've got a wee Marvel slash DC quiz for <laughs> oh, you. Oh, you going to ask me. Bugger. Yep. Uh, well, you've been watching it. I know, but I couldn't tell you who the hell's Marvel and who's DC. Oh, imagine that was what the quiz was, and you had to say which was which. That would be that would have been a better idea. Captain America, Iron Man, uh, Thor are all Marvel. And you only know that because you've probably got Disney ad. Disney. No, I I, I watched um, Avengers. A couple of weeks ago, because my boys wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. It was Avengers Endgame or whatever the hell it was. Well, I'm re-watching them, don't tell me, for the case of spoilers, you know. Mm. This is how little knowledge I have. That They killed Thor like in the opening scene, and I text all of you saying, for fuck's sake, Thor was just in his house making tea, and then he came in and just killed him. Completely uncalled for. You mean Thanos? Thanos, yes, sorry, Thor. Thanos, yep. And then, obviously, I knew Thanos was a bad guy, but it just kind of kind of seemed uncalled for. I thought it seemed like that is the equivalent of... Like, I, hate, I hated that. I hated that with a passion because Thanos was basically Brock Lesnar in the other film. Right. And then he comes in and gets squashed by the Spirit Squad in about two minutes. Oh, I mean, it's Chris Hemsworth. Aye, but he dealt with Chris Hemsworth and a billion other people in the other film. I know, but they caught him off guard. 
Just like Goldberg caught Brock Lesnar off guard at Survivor Series a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest booking in WWE history. <sighs> so the other surprise, uh, I'll, I'll play. I gave you like a perfect segue. You could have gone well. Speaking of Survivor Series, I no, I want to put myself over first. <laughs> Alright, okay. Uh, remember a few nights ago I was partially inebriated? Mm-hmm. Well, I recorded some audio. I've still got the audio from that night as well. Did I send that to you? Uh, you sent me about five or six voice notes now, but last one was extremely aggressive. Oh no, this is actually like the takes on NXT last week. Alright, okay. So I'll play them intermittently. There's just two of them, and uh, I'll play them. I, I only remembered about five minutes before we started tonight, so it's fresh for my ears as well as yours. Right. And one of the voice notes, the, the, the last voice message you sent, you started off saying "here," and it was so it was it was just extremely aggressive. And if anyone doesn't know, like the vast majority of Scottish people, start a conversation with someone saying "here." <laughs> You're for it. <laughs> like, for no reason whatsoever. It makes no sense, but we do it. Speaking of aggressive, aggressive Scottish people, uh, have you heard the latest from our friends at ICW? I saw the tweet. Um, some, I'm going to... I want to pull it up. It's, was it basically something saying, like, look who's back or something? It's kind of very newsworthy, actually, when you think about it. Uh, right. is, is it that tweet you're talking about? Uh-huh. It's right. b- brand new episodes of their Fight Club TV show on the network. Uh, I didn't even see that part. I just I saw it on our feed, our uh, Twitter feed, and I think it was Freddie Russell that tweeted out saying something like, fuck you, or something. <laughs> something along those lines. Like, um, And then, you know, obviously I liked that tweet because fuck ICW. So not only have they doubled down by having Wolfgang, Joe Coffey and Jordan Devlin and Velveteen Dream still on their screens, they're just bringing in ICW, new content as well. If you're a piece of shit, you can go on the network, guys. I know a few people that would probably get on the network quite well. Mm. Oh, God, are we going to... I think we addressed all that shit last week. I know. Survivor Series, I've not seen the Undertaker stuff because I was... I did. I was on the way to work and it stopped. I stopped. I had to go into the office just as the Champ v Champ match had finished. So Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any of the Undertaker stuff. So what was it like? Kind of pointless. Mm -hmm. Like... They brought in, like, it seemed like about a good dozen or so legends. Uh, Kane being the only one that was in his wrestling gear for some reason. Anyway, but it's not like they waited around for his speech or anything. Like, they brought them in, they all stood in the ring, they showed a highlight package of Taker, and then they were all gone, and Vince was in the ring. And I can't even remember if Vince was still in the ring when Taker arrived. Um, and then Taker comes out and just cuts cuts a usual kind of promo and basically says it's time for Undertaker to rest in peace, and then left. I think I think that is that's him. 
Like I feel like that was I know the hat and gloves at WrestleMania felt pretty symbolic and emphatic, but I think now that he actually says it, I think that's him done. Um, I understand, like the ro- the ro- the romance of it, doing it at Survivor Series type kind of thing. So I didn't really have a problem with that as such. Um, but uh, a lot of it just seemed kind of like pointless and unnecessary. Like I was actually kind of hoping he would have got involved in the five-on-five men's match. Um, I'm not saying I wanted to see him wrestle or anything, but obviously he would have wrestled, but I'm not saying I was advocating for such a thing. I just felt like that could have been kind of cool just to see, because he's obviously been associated with SmackDown all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, even even if he just came down and just kind of distracted someone, or I mean, I don't know, but yeah, we went with a different a different direction in that match, but like I say, the take I think I get why they've done it, but it was like I wouldn't go out your way to watch it. I thought they would have done it stuff spliced throughout the pay per view. Instead of just No, I thought I end. thought he would have either opened it or definitely probably closed it. Mm-hmm. Um I guess the thing was like it followed the Roman and Drew match and it was like, well, the pay per view could have ended there, mm-hmm. you know, on that note. Um but I I do get why Taker closed it because, like I say, that's when he 30 years ago kind of thing debuted at Survivor Series. So yeah. I don't really have a an issue with it that much because it's like massive Taker mark, you know. So yeah, but I, I think that will be him now. Well, you'd said there that you thought he would have come down on SmackDown's behalf. They could have used him. <laughs> they could have. Um, and I know. Rance and outside of the edge this week are probably going to. He certainly didn't have an issue with it because, like you said, it tied in with everything they were saying. It, like SmackDown were never on the same page. Some of the guys didn't want to be there. And, like, for weeks now, AJ was kind of trying to be the guy to bring Team Raw together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know what he said in the group chat was that, well, they just lost a retribution. Maybe that was kind of like the wake up call we needed to come together. But I think if you look at the way Retribution have been booked these last sort of like four, five, six weeks, and it's like, you know, um, that's kind of an indictment on them, like how badly they've kind of botched Retribution, but they still beat Team Raw. Um, like, I liked, I like Seth Rollins not even looking at Matt Riddle, him <laughs> closing his eyes, and I get the whole. I think I'm getting on his knees and kind of like the Messiah gimmick and like sacrificing for the greater good and all that. I get it, um, what kind of what he was trying to achieve, but like, that match didn't really do much for me, if I'm honest. Same here. It, nothing. There was nothing wrong with the actual wrestling. Uh, you do get things like that happening where you've got an easy pin. Something happens like when Shamu broke kicked. Big uh, Seth, and that's him. He was probably written off for a while now, going be be a father. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But the clean the clean sweep. It's just sorry to cut you off. Can we stop, please, Colin, uh, saying Becky Lynch is now going to become become the mom? Like that is cringy as hell. I know you're talking about Seth going to be, but 
see the amount of people I see saying that, it's like, that's just fucking cringe. Stop it. I'm, I, I wasn't aware of this. I would probably oh, call her... keep saying it all the time. I'd, I would call her the MILF, but no, the mom. Uh, mom. Mom. We don't say mom. We say, we say more. The more. The more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the clean sweep just didn't do anything for me. Like I, I can see it from the side of things where Jay Uso was left to his own, and even though he put on a very valiant effort in taking on the remaining five guys, the and it was Roman thought it was him that was a failure. It's like okay, I get it, but they could have still made Jay Uso fight valiantly, but lose in the end, and it was him that took the last pinfall, and Roman would have been pissed off, and they were kind of setting it up for Jay to help later on in the Drew McIntyre match but it's just there was just this sort of absence of emotion watching it I was like oh, right I can see what's going on here I think the problem with Survivor Series is it's just that there's never anything like on the line like, I don't know if people talk about brand supremacy but what the fuck does that even mean like I would like so it doesn't need to be. It could just be something. It could be anything like kind of minor, or even if it's something you don't like, but just put something on the line. You know, like I don't know. No, the winner of the winner overall winner of the night gets to take or pick a wrestler or whatever from the other brand, or just or just any kind of stipulation for the brand actually wins, other than just saying, "Yay, we got um, pride." You know, like. I don't really mean anything, and it ties in with the Battle Royal as well, like, what was the point? And with... I get Miz winning it and winning the bank, I get all that, but I just mean, like, there's nothing at stake, so why should we care? With the likes of Matt Riddle and AJ Styles, actually, only been on SmackDown a few, couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Where's the, where is the brand loyalty? So, I mean, I don't mind the matches. Like, I enjoy SmackDown, uh, Survivor Series matches, but... And I don't mind the brand supremacy thing, especially when they've got these big invasions that go on. But just, uh, you're right, I think there could be some sort of other stipulation, but I'm quite happy with it as it is, personally. He's disappeared. Sorry, I was reading something. You're quite happy with what, Sorry. Uh, I'm quite happy with the brand supremacy thing. I'm, I'm not that overly invested in Survivor Series. I think it's just quite fun to watch, and that that'll do me. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. As long as, long as the matches are good, like I can go over it. But when the matches aren't, you just kind of harken back to be like, "Why the hell am I watching this?" Well, when you have no real vested emotion in it. But see, when you say that. This this is where that match sort of fell flat for me because on paper, Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley was like, right, so? We've seen it before, it was rubbish. Uh, well, the feud was rubbish and it was pretty distasteful as well. And when you think about it, you probably think Bobby Lashley's going to squash Sami Zayn. But that was, I was sports entertained to the max for that match. Sami Zayn trying to flick Shelton's ear, uh, Cedric Alexander's ear. Uh, and just, trip, tr- tripping over MVP. <laughs> just all like, that stuff. I get where you're coming from. 
but at the same time, like that match could have been so much more. <laughs> you know, like we didn't need to sit through all those legends coming out where you could have maybe given this match an extra five minutes or you could have cut um, the women's match, which may have went a couple few minutes too long. Um, so like, this match could have been more um, because like, even in the last couple of weeks in the build-up to it, mainly through the stuff on Twitter, like I was kind of like, I'm just looking forward to this match. It could be a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think just the way they went back and forth on Twitter was kind of entertaining. But then it also kind of fell flat. Like I think I certainly too. I, I would say it was a real mixed bag for me. The overall show. Um, there was a couple of like high points. One major high point, but there was a couple of matches you're just like <laughs> could have been more. You, I'd say to you um, that I thought the women's <coughs> women's five v five was amazing. Yep. And you seemed surprised by that. I was. Right. Elaborate. I'll let, I'll let, I'll, I know I'll let you say first why you, why you enjoyed it so much. It was one of those ones that was just plodding along. There wasn't any m- massive turns in the story. They were just having a right good wrestle. They were all getting a chance to shine. Peyton Royce hit that lovely finisher. If anything, this match actually made me miss watching the main roster because I got to see Shayna Baszler blast some volleys into women's chests. Um, Peyton Royce got a time to shine as well. I've said that. Bianca Belair got some time to shine. They all looked strong. They all got their shit in. The the thing with Lana, I kind of saw that happening before the thing finished anyway. I thought she would end up winning in some form or another. The the way that Ruby Riot lost was very good. That she was she had Shayna Baszler no, Shayna Baszler had her in the Kikina clutch and Ruby Riot turned it over for a what ended up being a five count. Referee didn't see it. Ruby Riot had those two extra seconds to go unconscious. Stuff like that. Um was it who was it that Bianca Bell Bianca Belair? Shayna Baszler was so incensed in getting the submission into Bianca Belair that she went over the five count when Bianca Belair was in the ropes and then the stuff with Bianca Belair and Nia Jax at the end. I just thought the last five minutes were just... It's one of those ones that's typical WWE but it was typical WWE done to its best. Organised Chaos ticked that one off the list. Again this year and throughout many years you've got these multi-women tag matches where Rance had actually said this to me a few weeks ago where it's possible that nobody backstage really cares much about what the women do so they just go out and do do their best and go over the, over and above and I just felt that's what I got I thought it was booked very well put a smile on my face at the end of it still don't know what happened to Lana's lipstick it was smudged to smithereens but there we go Best Survivor Series match I have seen since the 2016 men's win. High praise. I can't argue much about the last sort of like five minutes. But my issues with the match were seeing Shayna again just reminds me time and time again how 
badly, but she's been since she came up the main roster. She was amazing in NXT, and now she's in a tag team with Nia Jax. We move on to Nia Jax. When Nia Jax is in the ring with some of the people she was in the ring with on Sunday, it is night and day in terms of talent and ability. That's Simone drop she put on Liv Morgan. I thought she killed Liv Morgan. <laughs> um, See that sort of hurricanana that Liv Morgan did to Nia Jax when Nia Jax was on her knees? No, oh, Tornado mm-hmm. DDT or something? That was delicious. <sighs> Peyton Royce is now maybe going to start being a tag team with... Um, uh, my God, what's your name? Blonde. Um, what's her name? Lacey Evans. Lacey. She's going to be in another tag team. Are you kidding me? Uh, that's what it seems like. I don't. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm misreading it wrong. Maybe I'm just getting it wrong. But I, I don't know. It seemed like that. Like based on some of the stuff I've seen. But like I said I could just be getting it wrong and just completely. Um, I don't get me wrong. Like I love Bianca Belair. That's another one who just for me that should be doing so much more right now than what they have done with her. Um, yeah, but the big thing is right. I get was it the last like two months? Uh, Lana's been going through a table every single Monday, uh-huh. and obviously even this show like Naya and Shayna were like get the hell back. You're not getting involved, and she just stood on the la- on the steps. The entire match didn't do anything. Ties in with the fact that they are bullying her in a sense, and not letting her do and get involved. Right, so I get that. Like that was a nice moment for her that she was a sole survivor, but actually doing anything. But and then you even saw like Nia's face at the end, like. Even though her team won, she was, you know, proper peed off that it was Lana that got the win for them, effectively. But they also released, like, a documentary, did they not, on the network? Mm-hmm. And Lana talking about how she'd been bullied and cyber-bullied and everything. It's like, where's the thinking? Like, you're bringing it out, and we feel bad for her because you don't want anyone going through that. But you're having a storyline where she's been bullied. Like... Are you just blind to these kind of things? Do you just not care? Or do you not put it together and realise that that's what you're doing? They probably do. They just like to book things sometimes too on the nose. For instance, Jeff Hardy's uh, alcohol abuse issues this year. They like to they like to go right cut to the deep bone of it. I'm not justifying it, it's just that's probably what they like to do with shit like that. It's not... I I don't like it. I don't like that at all. Um, You know, maybe maybe they should cut that out. Or if Vince wants to continue doing it, I don't know, maybe book something along the lines with I don't know, maybe like a professional wrestler having an appropriate relationship with an underage woman. <laughs> I like your daughter and Randy Savage. <laughs> then again, I don't know if she was underage at the time. 
Oh, wait, they actually do that with Buddy Murphy and uh, Rey Mysterio's daughter. I forgot. Buddy Mysterio? Yep. No, this is, I don't really have an issue with the last five minutes of the match. There's just certain bits of it. I just like, I, I like that. That's um, fair enough. Bailey going out first was kind of, like, it should bother you, but it was kind of funny now. And then you saw some of the interactions she's had on Twitter, like she was supposed to be the captain, she was mouthing off, etc. And she's wanting to go out first. Um, she's been strong for over a year. She can. No, I definitely like. I saw someone tweeting saying how bad Bailey's been booked. And you're like, you're oh, for me? God's sake! For like eighteen straight months, like her and Sasha have been sensational. Like the twenty twenty has just been all about them too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just like I said, just one or two wee things from match that I really don't like. That's fair enough. Well, while, while we're on the subject of women's tag teams, uh, are you ready to hear one of my recordings? Mm-hmm. Hold on a wee minute and I'll uh, put it up. Now, this is... I can not I can remember sitting there talking about it, but here we go. Me again. Uh, you are blessed with more solo audio, some Clive streams of consciousness, conscience, consci- conscientiousness. That sounds like a great idea, streams of conscientiousness. Uh, I'll need to look up the dictionary for what that one means. But another thing came to my attention from last week's NXT, and that is the, the brooding and... Okay, yes. there's quite a few... Very low card women involved in this war games coming up. So you've got Team Shayna Baszler versus Team Candice LeRae. Okay, that on paper. Shayna Baszler versus. No, not Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler's <laughs> on Raw. Uh, what's her name? Green hair lady. Shots of Blackheart. Team Shots of Blackheart versus Candice LeRae for war games. I like it. It's just the. It's the it's the people who beef up the sides. It's like you're talking about jobbers, not so much jobbers, but women who aren't exactly, women who don't exactly merit to be involved in the war games. But that's actually not the point that I wanted to bring to you in this extra snippet of Clive's, 205 Clive's conscientiousness streams. Last week, we had a tag team match between Candice LeRae and someone, probably Andy Hartwell or Debbie Salt. Text me if you know what I mean by saying Debbie Salt. Candice LeRae and Debbie Salt versus Caden Carter. Now, if you're paying attention, you'll notice that Katie Catanzaro and Caden Carter have the same initials, K and C. So they should form a tag team. If they were ever promoted to the main roster, that tag team name should be KC and the Sunshine Band because of the KC connection. <laughs> or call them Casey Kasem and they can sit and do Shaggy Rogers impressions as promos. Or do Top 40s with lovely Christmas jumpers in the middle of July. Um, there is absolutely no doubt in mind that I will regret I recorded these under the influence of alcohol but I'm sure that people listening will get a wee cheeky pop and you never know things like these these things if I add a wee 2-3 minutes here or there every week 
it's something to look forward to and you never know if it comes to the point where I'm stuck for content one week and have recorded enough of these I'll just put them all together and you've got a wee half hour of power that's right a half hour of power where I've just talked straight for five minutes six times and you've got enough content there for a weekly podcast it's something to consider going forward don't tell Ricky that I'm considering just sacking him entirely but Ricky you're fired no chance no chance in heck do 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 who did you send this to uh, I, d- I did a sound voice recorder app on my phone just your mm-hmm. box, the one that's already on the phone mm-hmm. just that one so you can tell obviously that was the second recording that night but what a load of shite that was it really was <laughs> do you agree with can't everything I, I said can't, can't believe I got sacked <laughs> no. you weren't supposed to find out either <laughs> Right, back to Survivor Series. I hope, uh, before before I ask that, before we go, I've got a question for you. What's been mm-hmm. your, your favourite MGF performance so far? Is this like a... Am I setting you up for a joke in terms of what we were talking about earlier? Uh-huh. Um, I don't have one. Rangers Back to the Future 2 <sighs> Michael J. Fox A great guy He He's a draw He's definitely a draw Right The draw uh-huh. He is He's coming He's going to sue Sammy Callahan Because If Michael J. Fox is the draw Shout out to Caleb Shout out to Between the Ropes as well. Survivor Series tag match. Excellent. Yep. Very enjoyable. Sorry, it was outside of Roman and Drew. This was a match I was most looking forward to. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't really have an issue that Big E was involved as well. Like just in the sense that like he was interacting with uh, Kofi and uh-huh. um, David Woods. Uh, that part I don't really mind. Um, the overall match, let's say, is, um, I, I felt it was really, really good. It was. Um, Kofi doing that boom trifecta drop or boom drop trifecta whatever it's called um, always quite cool and uh, Montez doing Trouble in Paradise yes or attempting it um, I really really enjoyed it like I felt it was like awesome tag team wrestling um, and certainly delivered to for what I was expecting from it anyway um, and this is kind of it comes back to the point where I was saying it like just because there's nothing really at stake doesn't mean you can't enjoy it when it's a good match. So if this was a, like a bad match, I'd probably sit there like, well, under underwhelmed and what was the point in it kind of thing. But because it was a good match, you kind of forget there's nothing really at stake. Mm-hmm. 
Um, actually, that, these prop, these teams probably won't have any kind of um, interactions going forward now. Like, you know, like they're hardly going to cross paths anytime soon again. But like, I was, I I felt that we knew they would win. So, um, that, actually. so it was kind of nice for me to see the street profits going over and getting getting the win. Kind of just that's a big win at the end of the day. Um, when you're on a beat the new day, so actually it was a it was a real fun fun match. Thought the pacing was really really good as well. Um, some nice spots like more like stuff that just didn't seem like nothing felt unnecessary. Yep. Um. Like I like Montez's like um, uh, frog splashes. I uh, so I says I felt it was a it was it was it was a good match overall. Um, I didn't really get the new day's entrance. I mean, um, to you, I didn't really understand the concept of it. I'm sure it was some sort of fucking superhero nonsense. It's a. You've, you won't have played the Gears of War games then? Nope. Xbox Gears of War games, and they've been added as downloadable content for it. Right. I've not played all of the Gears of War games, I've played the first Oh, that's couple. pretty cool. They, 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 they knew they have been added out. Yep, so Batista's in it as a character cool. with his voice, but it's actual the actual New Day are in his characters, so that's quite cool. Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. So the costumes were pretty badass, to coin a phrase... I, I enjoyed that. That was good to see, and it was that helped with Biggie being there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things with this one. I think it's safe to say that Street Profits went, moved up to the main roster off the back of Montez Ford and his work because for years, several years, Angelo Dawkins was just stuck there dwindling away. And he made it into the Street Profits and everything worked out well for him. But I think he's one of those rare occurrences where they improve exponentially on the main roster. I think Angelo Dawkins more than holds his own on the main roster now, both in terms of promo confidence and just general work work rate, if you're into that sort of stuff. I I wouldn't say... I think it's... Well, it is safe to say that Montez Ford, you could strap a rocket to him, but Angelo Dawkins wouldn't suffer if such a tag team was to break up a la Tucker, a la Big Cass type thing. The other thing thing I was going to say, this isn't really a commentary on the match, but Cash Wheeler had tweeted out, Newsday Street Profits, thank you. With uh, yep. much love to it, and some guy tweeted underneath him, "What you still watch WWE?" It's like for God's sake, pal. I like to watch good wrestling, mate. Uh-huh. I like to see, I like to see my friends do well. Counterpoint to what you're saying about Angelo Dawkins, I think he would suffer badly if they broke up. Really? I think so. I think Montez Ford is like the guy out of that group. I feel like. If they were to have a breakup, like Montez Ford could really do stuff as a singles guy, but I'm not wanting them to break up. Like, I hate. I'm not saying that we are advocating for that. I hate when people get get into their idea in their head. Like we should split this tag team up and have them go on a singles run. It's like let's not do that. Like let's not mess with a good thing. And that's what I love with the fact that we've not done. 
kind of done it, I suppose, in UD, like in Big E, going to singles run, but for years, a lot of people are clamouring that it's time to break them up, kind of thing. So let's not, I don't want to do that. I like I like them as a tag team, let's keep them going in this tag team, let's you know give them more credible opponents. Aye, they need to uh, keep them together. If they were, yeah. If they ever were going to do it, like, give any of my singles run, obviously it's going to be Montez Ford, but you could do it now, but you've done it with New Day. Kofi gets a run, but um, Ian Xavier Woods are still heavily, heavily involved in the running and, and everything else. I know it worked out better because they could focus as a tag team and, and Kofi was doing his things as a singles guy, but they were still a trio. But you could easily have something along the lines like Montez Ford chasing a title and, and Angelo Dawkins kind of having his back along the way and then being involved in some random tag match along the way. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't want them to break up. I think they're a very, very good tag team. Yes, and I think if they want to have any semblance of a tag team division, yes, they need to stay together. Yep. So next up, we're, in, we're all over the place with the order tonight, but the penultimate match we'll be talking about is Sasha Banks versus Asuka. And I was right in thinking that Sasha would get the win here, and it actually was part of the narrative. Michael Cole and Cole were talking about Sasha hasn't actually scored a W, a pinfall over Asuka at all mm-hmm. um, and I just think with the, the wave of momentum that Sasha Banks has been riding versus Asuka's very commendable 2020 but she's just been on the back burner for a while which is fine uh, the momentum was all on Sasha's side and I enjoyed the I enjoyed the finish it kind of came out of nowhere a wee bit like uh, Darby Allen's win over Cody Rhodes a few weeks ago so, I like those kind of finishes if uh-huh. they're done right. Aye, if they're done right, and I think this was done right. The it was just another. Th- th- these two women have good chemistry together. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, and I think that was one of the things that people were saying negatively about the match. It was like we've saw this match like a million times during the summer, and I, I, that's true. We have, but like they were all good matches, and this was another good match. So. You know, why would we get tired of watching a good match? I know we might want to see like a wee change here now and then, but this is always going to be a good match, and it's not like they're going to cross paths again anytime soon. Uh, I liked a lot of the the, the transitions they'd done, like when, they, when it came to like trying to get each other in submission moves and reversing, etc. Um, even when Sasha finally got the bank statement on her, um, oh, Baska. Like God to Rosen with ankle lock involved in it as well. Um, even there was like a a moment where it looked like they were about to be both counted out as well, which yeah, was quite th- close. Th- that was. I'm I'm not a big fan of that trope, but they do the the nine and three quarters count too often for my liking, and uh, it's just a, a groan when I see it. But this time I did actually think, oh, hold on a minute, in an attempt to was- make them both look strong. Mm-hmm. And I know we're not a fan of that, but that certainly would have worked when neither of them takes a pinfall. Um, and like you said, I like the finish as well, due to the fact that like, I like that um, getting a quick one, two, three, just kind of like in the midst of transitioning and making attempts to, to apply moves to each other. Like I like that sometimes it, it, it can come out of nowhere um, and you pick up the win. So, like I say, this was another good match. Um, I was. I wasn't expecting anything less, to be honest. I always knew this was going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but they've, they've proven it during the summer months, and again, they've done it once again. Um, so yeah, like I say, it's another three. This was the third match for night that kind of delivered. Um, but I don't have any any issues with this match or the outcome and how it played out at all. Yeah. Another pair who've shown good chemistry with each other, especially in the springtime last year. Right, it's coming up for the end of the year, so that's usually when you start getting your match of the year contenders, among other awards. Between them, Roman Reigns not so much, eh, not so many, understandably, but between Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, they could fill a top ten for match of the year contenders all by themselves and they came together and put on an absolute belter of a match your thoughts okay, this was this was really good um, I guess my only ever so slight grievance about the match was and I think I said it last week that I hope they don't have like uh, Drew, no, sorry, Roman on the ropes and there's a potentially losing and then all of a sudden Drew gets distracted and Roman takes advantage and they, when they did do that um, with the Claymore and Roman knocking the ref out and Jay also coming down yeah. Roman and Landon, like, like I felt we could have maybe done that slightly different but I think I'm being I'm really really nitpicking here uh, overall really really like the match, like, I absolutely love listening to Roman during the matches when he's talking like, that's one of the, like we've said it before, one of the best things about not having fans. Calling them number uh, this, two. This is, yep, this is really, really, really good. I like that. Um, <clears throat> and even when he was when he hit him with a spear, oh. you can see him turn around to a small Joe, goes like, you know what this feels like kind of thing. Um, see when he hit the spear and Drew countered it? Yep. Oh, Beautiful. Like that little sequence, you know, there was that moment there where there was so many close pinfalls in, in the space of a couple of minutes, and it was like, you know, it really had you on the edge of your seat, and really had, and that's what I'm saying, like about like, a really, really big match that like, you just kind of forget sometimes that there's nothing really involved other than like that you're actually investing. You're like, no, no, I need this guy to win, kind of thing. Um, and and even the finish made sense. Uh, I know the finish was kind of like we've done it before, um, Roman. Uh, Choking out um, Jew, so and then they done it here again. Like so, Drew never actually taps; he just you know refuses to give up, and mm. he obviously passes out. Um, and even at the thing at the end, you know, where Roman sees Jay in probably initially thinking like, "I told you to go, and you've disobeyed an order." Uh-huh. But then you could see it in his face and his expression, his demeanor. He was like, he came round to it. He was like, "No, like." I needed you. I needed you. It's good to have you here. Like you had my back. You know, like you've proven your loyalty to me. And then, like as he embraced him as well. And I don't know if you noticed. And I, I probably doesn't mean anything, I guess, in the long term. But like at one point when when Roman was holding the belt up and he had his arm around Jay, like Jay never took his eyes off that belt. Mm. And I, I don't know if it was on the ramp. I don't know if that means anything. Maybe we read too much into it. But like he never took his eyes off and he was just staring at it for a good like ten, fifteen seconds. I think that's an outsider for a Royal Rumble win. Nah, I'm not sure because I kinda have a feeling that if they are going to go rock in Roman, they're 
most likely going to be a, a, a Raw winner. I don't think they need the title for Rock and Roman at all. But Roman needs to drop the title to someone big. Um, I don't mean like I don't mean it should be to Rock. I don't mean like that. I just mean like Roman losing it is a big, big moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they will take a title off uh, Roman if they are going to go Roman Rock. But we shall see. I don't even know where Royal Rumble is going to be, um, but it's like one of those where you kind of want fans to be there for that moment, uh-huh. and I don't know who's primed and ready right now to get the, to get take the title off him. No one yet. I don't think so. Maybe maybe you can build somebody like Big E up. Obviously, can you still if it's going to be a Royal Rumble, you've still got you know like seven or eight weeks. Aye, it's plenty of time because. Drew didn't start getting built up till December. So there is time. I, pe- I personally could have done without the Jey Uso interference. I think Drew put in enough of a shift that if he lost clean, it wouldn't have... It's like He would have looked strong in victory because he, he put in a shift and a half again on pay-per-view. Like, see, consecutive... Everyone, apart for the... Brock Lesnar won. He's put on a banger of a match. That is some even record. If, even if you wanted, you could have had, like, Drew hit the Claymore and Roman knocks the ref out, but they're both sort of out of it. And then as they're both kind of coming to their feet, suddenly Roman gets them into the, the triangle um, or whatever mm-hmm. uh, chokehold he wants to put them in. Um you could have done something like that. So I do agree with Jay Uso, but it also made sense that Jay Uso disobeyed Roman and then suddenly Roman realised, well, no, I need you, thank you. Like I said, you've shown your worth to me. Um, yep. So, let's like say the match itself was great. And even I know you're saying about the Brock match, the Brock match was like less than five minutes, but like all those Brock matches are the same and they're somewhat entertaining, even though you kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. Um, but it was still it was still such a big moment. Yep. Um, so yeah, man, this match was awesome. It's definitely up there for a WWE match of the year candidate. Uh-huh. Um probably it isn't going to be my match of the year when it comes to WWE in general, but like I think if you, you if you take NXT out of the equation, this one's gonna be right up there. Um if not the best. I think um, I think there's a few out there that could probably rival it right enough on the main roster. Oh, I, I would add in quite a few Drew's matches, but it's going to take something <laughs> super special to beat Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles for me. Yeah, the the the, the Intercontinental. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was a wild encounter. So that that was the, I think that's another win in WWE's column for pay-per-views. Nothing this year has been absolutely outstanding but they've all been like above average enough for you to say that was good. Left satisfied, if that makes sense. Apart for the ending for the Extreme Rules because that was that fucking Bray Wyatt fella that you're so in love with. So, that was awesome. Uh, oh aye. Uh, right. Before, before I quiz you, do you want some uh, more snippets? From my, Go on. Right, so we're going backwards with this, right? So here we go. 
this is an idea that has been brainstormed off the back of a few glasses of Prosecco, a, a Brewdog IPA and some gin and tonic. Now, it's in its infancy. It's an embryonic... It's in an embryonic state. But I thought maybe now and again I would record some solo audio to help beef up the show, give it a wee bit of a flavour, you know? You know what I mean? So, this is my thought for this week. This is this segment is going to be called Clive's Weekly Stream of Consciousness. Oh, God. Now, <laughs> what will I talk about? I'll talk about how surprised I am by Leon Ruff and how well he was presented this week or last week on NXT. I thought that was quite good, I'll be honest with you. Um, I was, when I saw that Leon Ruff, is that his name? Sounds too much like Leo Rush, doesn't it? But when Leon Ruff won the North American Championship, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. Road Dog booking slapped into your face, but it's here, it's happened. It's kind of furthering the story between Damien Priest and Johnny Gargano. Fair enough. But I personally believe, and paedophilia aside, there is a prestige about that North American title that's a mid-card workers' title. Many takeovers have had great matches as a result of it. And then you had Leon Ruff winning the North American title a couple of weeks ago. Fuck that. But last week, uh, a multi, a multi-segmented story arc, Leon Ruff showed some balls, Leon Ruff showed some acumen in the ring that we weren't aware of before, Leon Ruff showed some pride in himself, not wanting to be a, a caricature or a joke or a piggy in the middle between Damien Priest and Johnny Gargano. And do you know what? See, for someone who weighs 112 pounds soaking wet, and for someone who's got royalty-free music as his entrance music, I, I was sold by the story he told. The slapping in Damien Priest's face, the coming back down later on to get involved or in this dramash between Gargano and Damien Priest, him standing up for himself and saying, do you know what, William Regal, this had to be done to the point where with War Games approaching, I think we're going to get some sort of triple threat on the cards. Leon Ruff has been, you know what Leon Ruff is? Jobber of the year. <laughs> uh, Covid came around, people were homesick, people were home isolating, people were home staying away from it all. And Leon Ruff came to the fore Leon Ruff said, I'll, I'll eat some pins. I'll eat pins on 205, Raw, Smack It Down, NXT. <laughs> I'll eat all the pins. Look what's happened. He's ended up getting himself a nice wee North... A, a North American title run that's lasted more than one week, which I was personally surprised at. It's going to be at least two or three weeks. Leon Ruff has uh, inserted himself into a storyline between two very popular figures in NXT can't argue that and 
Do you know what? It's worked out well. I still don't agree with Liam Ruff being inserted in all this. I mean, you've got a great mid-card section there. But it is what it is. And I think they're doing all right. So Liam Ruff, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) I think your, your second tweet, your second... Well, the first recording you've done, which was actually later on, uh-huh. you're actually more drunker than that one. You're here. Aye, I think more gin and Prosecco had been taken at that point, and this, the stream of conscientiousness was a bit more. <laughs> but I, I quite enjoyed how articulate I was there. I think I prefer that, that version of me in this podcast. The drunk version. Just getting drunk every time we choose a Wednesday and we're called. I, I think... I come across more knowledgeable and stuff. Yeah, I think you're too, you're too hard on yourself anyway. So well, I'm always too hard on myself. That's my that's my gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> right, you ready for your quiz? Let's do it. Let's see what I know. Right, so I've got ten questions. There's 17 points up for grabs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, what is Commissioner Gordon's name in the Batman world? What is Commissioner Gordon's name? His first name? Which Batman? All of them? Is he in all of them? Ah, he's, like, he's in the comics. So, he's, he's a, a regular feature in Batman stories. I know who plays him. No, it's just it's, it's Gary Oldman, isn't it? Right, but that's the... I know, but I, I know that I'm not. I'm just saying that's who plays the character. Uh huh. No idea. Just first name that comes into your head. Mark. James. Right. What did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> right. Commissioner Jim Gordon's daughter, Barbara, became a superhero. What is her superhero name? Wait. Wait. I'm waiting. I watched this one. Did you? I don't know. I feel like in one of them, the one with Christian Bale that I've watched, I feel like she was in it. It's, it's, it's not. Am I talking rubbish here? Yes. It's not. Right, okay. uh, it's not that, that you're thinking of Catwoman. Ah. Uh, she was a villain, so a female superhero, as in. Wait, so Commissioner Gordon. So, just by guessing, Commissioner Gordon was in the Batman comics, so she became Batgirl. Yes. <laughs> Woo! That's me done. You're happy. Happy with that. In in the chronology of the Marvel films, right? So not when they were released, but when they happened in the timeline. What came after Guardians of the Galaxy? Do you want triple choice? Multiple choice. 
Okay. Uh, just give me the year. I don't know the year. I'm talking about the timeline within the universe. So what was the next so, story? So not the film? Oh, what was the next what the fuck? What question is that? Do you want three choices? Yes. Right. Avengers 2. Civil War. Or Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 seems too obvious. What was the other one? Civil War and Wales? Civil War and Avengers 2. Civil War? It was Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I'm afraid. Oh, for crying out loud, of course it was. It just felt too obvious. And staying with the timeline? God. Not so much, actually. Who was the first sort of woman superhero who had their own film in the Marvel films? It's a fairly recent film. Do you need the name of the film or the superhero? They're one and the same. Brie Larson. Right. I don't know who it is. I'll give you the point because it, it was Brie Larson, it was Captain Marvel. I would never have got that. But I'll give you the point because you knew the actress. <laughs> now, Captain Marvel took place in the 1990s. So, in terms of the whole story of the Marvel films, does this take place first, second, or third in terms of film chronology? Nice. Second. Correct. <laughs> One, two, three so far. What is the name of Superman's dad? Henry, which which dad? This this the. Actual dad in the comics, this, the name of the dad. So Superman's name is actually Kal El. What is his dad's yep. name? Oh, uh, Russell Crowe. John El. Pronunciation aside, I'll give you it. Well done. Uh, I would have given you a, a bonus point for Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> Four right so far. Name the actor who played the. Superman and the Adventures of Superman that used to be on BBC back in the day when we were kids alongside yeah. Terry ha- Terry Thatcher. No, no, no. Not interested in that question, are you? No, I legit have no idea. Okay, uh, I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. First name is someone who belongs in the Shield, and the second name is someone who is a brother of destruction. 
Someone who belongs in the shield, did you say? Who was in the shield, and the second name is someone who is a brother of destruction. Dean um, Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Well, say 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 a surname that actually sounds like a name, and not a profession. Kane. There we go, Dean Kane. Congratulations. I have no idea who that is. Greatest Superman there's been. And I won't hear no, that. No, I mean, Henry, Henry, Henry Cavill or Cavill won the word. He's That's the only Superman I've watched. Uh, there have been two people who have played the Incredible Hulk in the Marvel films. Who are they? This is a two-pointer. So the actors' names. Do you know what? I'll give you one point. If... I know, I know one of them. Right, just go for one then. Tell me one. Oh wait, no, that's his actual name, is it not? It's a Hulk's name, Eric Banner. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I've not got a clue then. Uh, Mark Ruffalo and Ed Norton. Yeah, I would never have thought that. Right. Who had a cameo in every Marvel film that was recorded up until? That was filmed up until Avengers Endgame. And everyone. Uh huh. And it was literally five seconds in each film. You might kick yourself with this one. Oh, it was Stanley. That's it. So you've got one, two, three. Four, five, six, right? If you get... Bear in mind, like, four of those have just been absolute guesses. Mm-hmm. Including, including the one that is to be released, and by my calculations, there have been seven different actors who have played Batman. Name them. Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Affleck. Yep. Ben Affleck's still Batman, isn't he? Or is he not? I don't think so. There's someone else that's going to do the next Batman film. Val Kilmer done it. That's three. Is it Robert Patterson or Pattinson or something? Four? You've got four? You've only got three left? You can do it? No, I can't because that's the only ones I know. None from the 90s that you can remember? Um, nah. oh, well, you gave me Val Kilmer, didn't you? Right. So you're just sticking with. How about if I tell you, if you tell me who the OG Batman was on TV? When you say TV, Wait, you had a t- what, what, year, what year are we talking? Oh, 60s. Um, nah. The first person, first man in the Bible and a, a compass direction. Adam. 
No. Oh, fuck no, that's Kanye's next child. <laughs> East, south, west, there Adam West. Adam West, there we go, you get f- uh, five. Nah, I won't take that because I'm not a clue who that is. Oh, you'd, you'd know him if you saw him. Anyway, four out of seven. The others were Adam West, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Christian George ba- Clooney? Aye. Christian Bale, Ben Affleck and Rab Pattinson. You got... 10 out of 17. That's impressive. Is that the quiz done? Aye. That was, that was alright, actually. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, right, I've got an apology to make. Oh, good. <laughs> it's not It's not for you. Oh, damn it. Right, where is it? Uh, oh, no, it's not a drunken, another drunken voice note, is it? No, this was sent to my phone the 19th of November at 20 past midnight or 20 past six in Oklahoma. Yes. You mentioned every podcast except mine this week, you prick. So Did you miss it out? Apparently I did. So, ladies and gents, do not forget to listen to Grave Consequences, the best Lucha Underground retrospective podcast and all of audio in the land. I want to text him right now. Only at socialsuplex.com and the Social Suplex Podcast Network where you can find other shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Great Match Generator, I'm going to mention it again, Grave Consequences, All Things Elite and 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. We're as I said there, we're at socialsuplex.com but if you go to applepodcasts.com and go to the Social Suplex page and give us a nice five-star review, help us climb the charts. Um, head over to the donate page. You'll see information about donating to the shows direct to help us fund our hobby and fund our lives. Go to prowrestlingtees.net and you'll find some Social Suplex t-shirts if you type Social Suplex in. We've got columns at the, the website. And if you want, you can send them directly to your email inbox by pressing subscribe. Anyone interested, my wrestlingheadlines.com forward slash lordsofpain.com column scheduled for this week has been delayed. I started working from home this week and it has been quite the quite the demand of my time and mind. So I've not got a column this week. It's going to be delayed in case anyone's waiting. Wrestling Squared Circle is a Facebook group where you can find us all and we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. So, grave consequences, do not forget because I'd like to not wake up in the morning to some sooner calling me a prick. Um, so, I just want to say you've just insulted them again. How? Because he's not a sooner. He's a cowboy. Caleb will know exactly what I mean by that. Oh, is this a... He supports a different team? Yes. Oklahoma State Cowboys. Sorry sorry for your loss, Caleb. I don't know how good they are, (laughs) but sorry for your loss. Fucking terrible. Well... (laughs) Um, the the sooner you support another team, the better. <laughs> oh, poor Caleb. 
cops it all the time from us. He called me a prick. He's no, he's not getting away with that. I mean, let uh, let me quickly see about some of the stuff he sends me. Aye, give us another, give us a wee minute of your time. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is Caleb Watch. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see. He just randomly texts me on Saturday, 14th of November, quarter past nine at night, go off. (laughs) Go off, Tiss. Uh, around the time of the election, we started talking about Joe Jorgensen, mm-hmm. and I said, but yeah, "Do people call so her?" Eh? He said, "I was talking to him about that as well." He said, "Do people call her Jojo?" And he said, "Some, but I don't think she really cares for that." And I said, "Bray Wyatt does, though." <laughs> and he said, "Outkicked his coverage. Outkicked his coverage. The fat fuck." He texted me asking for your number and he was like, what is that bitch Clive's WhatsApp info? Sis. <laughs> Go- <laughs> oh, I love, I love this guy. Go off, Tiss. Which is apparently a rotisserie chicken salad. <sighs> Wait, one more, one more, one more, one more. Let me see. What have I woken up to before in the past? <laughs> He <laughs> once texted me saying, "Keep this up, and I'll cut you, pal." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that okay. boy! That boy! Right. Well, we call it quits for this evening. Yep. Shout out to Caleb. Shout, shout out to the best Oklahoma Sooner there's ever been, Billy Goldberg. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, Bill. Rest, rest in peace. Right. Jesus. Speak to you next week. Take care, folks. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.